It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the Sports Rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Older Ah, welcome to the weekend in your local daily sports fix here on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. Alongside Adam Lundy, I'm the coach Shannon Griffith. Setting in for Mr. Brett Rump, who would have been here, but we're going to be on a tight tight timetable today because at 6 o'clock tonight, we've got the Bluffton sectionals going on, and Mr. Brett Rump is not only going to call that game, but then tomorrow he's got the Dons and Robert Morris for a 7 o'clock tip-off, so a busy weekend for Mr. Rump setting in for him today, jam-packed show this afternoon. We'll talk a little bit of Purdue basketball, maybe a little IU basketball and football. There's a change. But it's never Friday with a little comments action. And here in a few, we'll talk with Mr. Shane Alberati on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Mr. Adam Lundy, glad to see you, my man. Yo, how you doing? Well, I'm just letting you know. Keep me between the guard guardrails, like always. <laughs> Here's a good one I saw today. I think you'll appreciate this. Have you heard of Mattress Mac? I have. Mattress Mac is a, I guess, becoming a living legend with his astronomical bets that he may place on the Astros. I think he actually has done maybe the Texans at least once. Hmm. But he made a big bet yesterday. A million-dollar bet on the Houston Cougars to win March Madness. Yeah, and I think if he wins, the payout is somewhere around the $7 million. And I just want to know, does he have a mattress where he pulls this money from? <laughs> but he is really kind of some type of an iconic guy down there in Houston, and he does a lot more than just bet on sports. So I think that's that was a unique thing. But I think he's not too far off with the Houston Cougars and what they've shown thus far. Uh, they've got as good of five guys on the court as anyone mm -hmm. that I can think of, and I do think they have a chance. And that's not a you know that's not coming out of a major conference if you want to say, but uh, I do think the Cougs have a chance. Have you you have a, what's your thoughts on that one? I guess they're certainly good at uh, defense. I mean that's kind of what they've kind they of made physical. their name on. Yeah, yeah they're, they're very physical. tough, very gritty, and uh, they have what it takes to go all the way. That's for sure. I'll, I'll tell you. But you know anything can happen yeah. in March. That's true. They're physical. They can shoot the ball. They can shoot the three. I yeah. mean I don't see a weakness in their game. Uh, on either side of the court, and I do think uh, they have an opportunity to maybe shock the world, so to speak. It'll be interesting to see how they're how they're viewed. Do they get a number one seed? All those things that go hand in hand with it. But we shall see. But Master Mac believes in the Houston Cougars betting a mill last night. And uh, yeah, I have the odds here. Uh, he got Houston at plus seventy, so he would profit seven point five million. Yeah. 
It's tied to a promotion at his furniture store. Customers who purchase mattress sets of $4,000 or more will get those sets for free if the Cougars win the championship. See, that's masterful. Oh, yeah. That is master. That, that right there is master marketing at its best. Yeah. So if you win, they're all covered. And, yeah. And then, I mean, and even if you lose, you still get all those mattress sales. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, in some cases, he's hedging his bet. Yeah. I guess you could say. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting from uh, Mattress Mac. That's funny. And he, I'm not sure what how old he is, but he's, I mean, he's an older gentleman. He's got to be pushing 73. Okay. I was going to say I was going to say seventy five eighty, yep. but anyway, big story yesterday. I know you and and uh, and Rump uh, oh, yeah. kind of broke this with uh, the Fieldhouse Files. Yeah, uh, com down there about Caitlin Clark, Clark announcing that she is coming out. I know a lot of Indianapolis Fever fans are very happy oh, yeah. that the possibility that Clark uh, lands with the Fever. We'll have to wait and see on it all. I'm surprised just from the standpoint, we talked about this about a couple weeks ago, about the NIL and how it's basically changed women's college basketball per se, and what she had in the hopper there, close to a million dollars. Now, there's nothing to say that those sponsorships don't carry on top of whatever she makes with a WNBA team, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But is the television packages enough in the WNBA, or does it come to the point where she was getting as much exposure in the Big Ten, then maybe she will get the exposure into the WNBA? That's the question I have in terms of those people following her Mm -hmm. to that um, next level, so to speak. There's no question she will be a highly wanted draft pick. And I don't, I don't think the Fever do anything to change that if they're the number one, do no. you? I don't no. think so. No, it's it's going to be Clark. Yeah, it's got to be. It has to be. It literally has. to be. I mean, we're be. sitting. We'll get get the uh, get the Fever management on the phone. Let's get them on the sh- <laughs> on the same ship. But I, yeah, I can't imagine anything else no. other than Caitlin Clark. No, and I do think if she can continue to bring that star power into the WNBA and kind of light things up the way that she's been. You know, yeah, igniting the the passion and the fan base behind Iowa, then she certainly has the opportunity to make as much money, not necessarily from the WNBA contract, but uh, from you know commercials, from brand deals, from things like that. Because people do seem to you know want to get in on this Caitlin Clark train, Uh this Caitlin Clark uh, ship, and it's sailing, my friend. It is sailing. Is she? And excuse the comparison here because it's not, you know. Apples to apples, so right, to speak. Right. But is she the Michael Jordan punch in the arm, so to speak, for the WNBA, along with a few other girls from different programs that have garnered national attention for NIL? Are those the ones that start raising mm-hmm. the bar in the mm-hmm. WNBA to making it more of a uh, sport that's, you know, viewed on the television show a little bit more so than it has been. Yeah, I think she has the potential to be just with her play style yeah. and how electric and how, how excited it gets the crowds and everything, and, and it tends to draw in more viewers. So I think if she can continue the play style that we've seen from her time with the Hawkeyes, then definitely I saw a good point being made about how 
uh, you know, Caitlin Clark is uh, too big of a celebrity to fly commercial, which a lot of WNBA teams do fly commercial yeah. still. So uh-huh. we're wondering if that might bring even bring about a change, even you know, just to things like that in the WNBA. Like someone as big as Caitlin Clark might change the entire way the entire league transports its well, players. Here's what she does: she contacts Mississippi's quarterback Darts. Oh yeah, who just scored an NIL deal. NIL deal. With a private jet company where he has free use oh, of the private jet X amount of times, maybe she can figure out a way to get on that deal and pick up a private jet along the way. But <laughs> we shall see Absolutely. as the world of the NIL continues to get a little bit crazy and crazier with some of the things that we're <laughs> seeing happen on a daily basis. College football playoffs. Well, we're going to 12. That's what we've heard. That is what we've heard. We've heard we're going to 12. Not so fast, my friends. (laughs) Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes because the Big Ten and SEC want three automatic bids, and for that to occur, they got to go to 14 games. Mm. And that would allow the Big Ten and the SEC to get three teams each with automatic bids into the playoff, which leaves eight at-large spots highly probable that those two the conferences get two more if not you know i it's it, this is driving me nuts i just it's gotten to the point now that it's it's gotten to the point now where i don't see how the ncaa and the major college football conference can continue on in a partnership because i don't know how you continue to dull out the rules, enforce the rules, whether it's NIL, whether it's, you know, these uh, collectives. Now we've got a 14-team uh, playoff. How many more games? You, I mean, I, do they have to give up a game in the middle of the seasons, which they call a money game, in order to not be playing games that butt up against the Super Bowl? Or is that what they want? Do they want a national championship game to coincide with Super, the Super Bowl? I don't know. But 14 games, I don't think, has the best interest in the healthiness of the player. Personal personal uh, opinion there. But we'll find out more on that. And sorry if I maybe led into a side bit of the Adam Lundy Sports hotline and headlines today because we're wow. going to go to that as well. Don't forget, Adam, PSM text line 46862. And here's Adam Lundy with the sport headlines for this afternoon. All right, thanks, Shannon. Well, speaking today at the NFL Combine, quarterback Caleb Williams was asked whether he would feel disappointed if he didn't hear his name called by the Chicago Bears at the top of the draft order. Quote, it's not a thought in my mind, Williams said. Quote, I don't think that I'm not going to be number one. I think I put in all the hard work, all the time, effort, energy into being that. I don't think of a plan B, end quote. I know we'll be talking a little bit more about Caleb Williams later in the show. (laughs) Cam Newton apologized for his role in a scuffle at a 7-on-7 youth football tournament over the weekend, saying, quote, there's no excuse for his actions. Speaking about the incident on an episode of his YouTube show that was published today, Newton said he, quote, let my emotions get the best of me. It should not have been called for. Simple. And with that, I apologize to anybody affected, Newton said, naming event organizers, 
players and parents among those he was issuing his apology to. And the NCAA Football Rules Committee this week is likely to propose the use of coach-to-player sideline communications, what are widely known as helmet comms, giving the coaches the ability to talk to players through wireless helmet technology, which has been used by the NFL for quarterbacks since 1994. Almost 30 years later, it appears as the time has finally come for major college football to adopt the technology. And good luck to the trying women who kick off the NCAA D3 Women's Tournament tonight. They're on the road at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh where they'll be taking on Gustavus Adolphus. And those are your top stories today, Shannon. That was a great pronunciation there, my man. Do what I can. I thank you. You did a great job because that's not an easy university college to name to throw out there at all. We had a little bit of fun with the name earlier this week. Yes, yes. And good luck to the trying women. They've had a storied tradition already there and i would be a bit surprised if they don't come back with another w but we'll find out but stick with us because coming up right after this myself and adam are going to talk a little bit of high school basketball and some don's basketball because that's part of the exciting weekend ahead here in the summit city right after these messages on the sports rush here on 1380 the fan 100.9 fm Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Sports Rush here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. We thank you for tuning in to this hour of the Sports Rush. Now, Adam, I guess you did say that you saw the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Brett Rump, come in to pick up a few things. Hey, uh, you know, it might have been an apparition or, you know, whatever (laughs) word we're supposed to use. We had a little issue with that word yesterday, but... uh, (laughs) You know, you, you always just kind of, whenever you're here, you just kind of feel Brett watching you a little bit. You know yeah, what I mean, my yeah. friend? Well, I was surprised I didn't get, yeah, come on, give me a pep talk. Come in here, <laughs> you know, pat the kid on the back, say, let's go, you can do this. Oh, but, no. Nope, nope, didn't get that, but uh, he's on his way down to Bluffton. Yes, sir. And it's going to be rocking down there at Bluffton High School tonight as two big sectional tourney games set up for this Friday night that's going to be here all all on uh, 1380 The Fans starting at 6 o'clock, and that's what I was alluding to, that we're under a little bit of time crunch today to a certain degree. But mm-hmm. um, you got Blackhawk versus Adam Central. First game on the docket tonight, followed by Whitco versus Lures. Absolutely. What a year Seth Coffings had for Lures. And overall, what a year for athletics at Lures because you got the boys – girls right oh yeah picked up some hardware the football team yeah yeah and now the men's basketball has got a chance to do their thing in the in the tourney as it right tonight is a chance to play for that sectional championship on saturday i i guess i mean i tell you what that one right there blackhawk you know they got a tradition they're always going to be the tough team but i tell you you get up against an adam central a scrappy adam central team and next thing you know, they're finding ways to win because that that community <laughs> with third athletic teams, be it football, because some of those football guys are basketball guys. Yep. And that's the beautiful thing about these these small communities, one town high schools. You get these kids that are playing multiple sports and it just it's a carryover, man. I mean, these guys, they know how to win. They know what it takes to be. Uh, relentless on a uh, on the court on the field whatever and i don't think blackhawks in for an easy ball game tonight no no but also adam central definitely shouldn't look overlook blackhawk by any means it's a you know it's an 18 and 6 blackhawk braves team 
uh, you know, most of their wins have come against a lot of teams in this area that are, you know, either three A's, you know, some some four right. A even. So they had, a, you know, a lot of impressive play at Blackhawk Christian. So what a way to start off the night right at six o'clock right here after us on the sports rush you mentioned we'll be breaking a few minutes early to get to brett down there at bluffton but yeah game number two also going to be real good as well we've got the 19 and 4 whitco taking on bishop lures who sits at 19 and 5 and both teams have just had an incredible season as well really looking forward to that second matchup of the night well, you got to think the first bracket is kind of the favorite bracket to potentially win out mm-hmm. in the sectional play tonight. But those are one of those games where you play, you know, those two teams and they it drains them. Absolutely. And the team down below, the Lures or Whitco team that comes out of that bracket tonight may all of a sudden find a leg up and find a way to win because maybe that team, Adam Central or Blackhawk Christian, maybe, you know, let it all, they spend it all just trying to get into that game. And that's what's the beauty of sectional basketball in and around the state of Indiana. And, you know, not only is that a good matchup, heading over to the southwest side of the Summit City, mm-hmm. we got the Homestead sectional. Yeah, for a sectional six. Yeah. And New Haven and Wayne, look, Wayne is the favorite. Absolutely. Whether it's the, whoever they're playing. And and you got to think that a same mindset. Don't overlook someone because you think you're going to get somebody else. Because in that second day game, Homestead and Columbia City, boy, there mm-hmm. is a matchup where there's not a lot of love. <laughs> Two teams that are definitely familiar with each yeah. other. Yeah, well, it's just that rivalry game in some respects. Just from the standpoint of the proximity from Columbia City to Homestead, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of got your, what's your thoughts on that? Following this this all year long, yeah, I uh, that one's tough because Columbia City comes in with the better record than Homestead, but Homestead, I will say, you know, they play in the SAC, which always is something that you need to consider strength of opponent and what a team learns by playing yeah. against in a, in a conference like the SAC. So. I'm going to call that one a toss-up, honestly. I don't I don't even want to pick a side, but I just know it's going to be a fantastic basketball game there yeah. tonight at Homestead, especially since it's at Spartan Arena in front of the home crowd there uh, with the Spartans. But uh, you also mentioned the New Haven-Wayne game. Definitely don't overlook New Haven, even if yeah. Wayne is the favorite. Um, New Haven has actually been on quite a run. They've you know won their last four uh, overtime against Heritage. They won against Bishop Lures. You know, they won against Southside, so... Definitely not a team you want to overlook, those New Haven no, Bulldogs. They've got some quality wins against out-of-conference opponents, and mm-hmm. those opponents just happen to be from the Summit Athletic Conference, which is what you see uh, around here mostly for those outlying teams. So definitely you don't want to see a Wayne team who's had a tremendous year right now get knocked out in this type of ball game because they're looking past a New Haven team. And that's why you play the game. And that one, I, like you said, I think that's going to have a big crowd as well because I believe Columbia City will travel well, New yep. Haven will travel well, and not only that, but down in Bluffton, I think that's going to be a packed arena. But Bluffton, you're going to get Mr. Brett Rump on the call tonight. Yeah. And then the post-game show will be at the local Pizza Hut. Yep, we'll be down at the Pizza Hut in Bluffton for the Parkview Sports Medicine High School Basketball post-game show. It'll be your last chance to come and hang out with the gang at a Pizza Hut this season as, you know, we're getting into the 
We're getting into the postseason. You know, we're already in the postseason, yeah. but we're getting to the part of the postseason where we can't do a Pizza Hut every Friday. Yeah, and let's face it, you need a little rest. Ah, stop it. You've you've done a lot. You've been gone since August, my man. Uh, we don't do breaks but around we here. we appreciate you <laughs> Thank for you. all that you do in terms of setup and football, doing the post-game shows and all that. You've done a great job. Appreciate your passion for high school athletics because we all have that same passion and appreciate it. Now, tomorrow, even though that these championship games will also be in go- going on, and Derek Decker will come in to call the championship game yep. tomorrow evening. Mr. Brett Rump will be heading to Purdue Fort Wayne versus Robert Morris final seasonal game. That will be only on stream at 1380thefan.com. Yep. So you can find it there. Pre-game 645 for the Dons coming off a huge, huge road win. Overtime down at Wright State. We even talked about that game in you know, being a good game for the Dons to get themselves right mm-hmm. after a tough loss at Milwaukee, get themselves right. Now they got Robert Morris coming in, but Jalen Jackson, Bellio, Roberts, Nelson, <laughs> is it Morton Robinson? Yep, Those Clinton. guys got to get themselves in the in the in the right frame of mind here because after this one, they're going to be hosting a tourney game coming up, and this team, I'm telling you has every bit of chance to make it not only to Indy, but to win it in Indy, but you could also throw Oakland, Youngstown State. Mm-hmm. That's just a conference. Uh, but uh, Robert Morris is the first up. You can't look past that. Uh, they have their firm lock. I don't think – the only thing I think they can do is maybe tie for the next team above them, which is uh, w- Milwaukee. Mm, with Purdue – you mean Purdue-Fort Wayne? Yeah. Yeah, they can get to Milwaukee would have to lose another game. Let me yeah. see if they have another on their schedule. Well, what I was going to say. Yes, they, they do. So if Milwaukee loses to Green Bay and Purdue Fort Wayne wins tonight, they'll both have an 11 and uh, uh, no, I'm I, sorry. Yeah, they'll both have an 11 and nine record. Yeah, but I would say Milwaukee wins the tiebreaker there because they beat them twice. But right. It does give them a first round game mm-hmm. at home. Yes. Which is going to be huge for them. And these boys, because they got off to a, such a hot start, then things went a little sideways on them. Mm-hmm. And um, I like what I saw last week. Yeah, Green Bay win, played Milwaukee tough, got away from late. Mm-hmm. But to go on the road to Wright State, and Brett told me, you know, they had bus problems. Right. That is detrimental. Right. I'm telling you, these kids are trained like prac rats. That's what coaches do. <laughs> we train them on times. Right. And when you throw something like a bus problem into the into the mix, and you're late, mm. you never catch up. And shout out to those kids and coaches, Coach Kaufman and crew, getting the boys refocused and ready to go and doing what they needed to do to get a huge win. Overtime at Wright State. Uh, watch a little bit on the stream. And uh, like we said, that's a tough place to win. Absolutely. One of the best offenses in the Horizon League. And we have one more game against Robert Morris tomorrow to get tuned up ahead of the uh, head of the Horizon League tournament. And it's like you said, they don't they don't get a bye, but they do get to host an opening round. Right. So that might even be good if they can get a win in that and kind of continue that momentum into yeah. their next game on Thursday. Yeah, that's there's no question that that's that is ultimately uh, the important aspect of the tournament. You get a game at home. Yep. Second round, you're going to be on the road because you're going to be the lower seed. 
but they do have the opportunity, and I'm excited for them. So good luck to the the Mastodons as they head into postseason. Absolutely. Play after tomorrow night. Remember, stream only for the Robert Morris game, 1380thefan.com, pregame with Brett Rump, 645, tip at 7. And on 1380thefan, we will have the final game of the Bluffton sectional final to be determined. So we got to tune in tonight to figure out what's going to happen there. And then the post-game show right after that. Yep. When we uh, get that all settled down. We'll have all your area sectional championships tomorrow yeah. night. We'll have them all uh, planned out and we'll tell you who's yeah. playing who tomorrow night. And then the night. regionals and all that good stuff oh, for yeah. right after that. Oh, so yeah. jam-packed sports weekend here over the last month. There's been a lot that has been happening especially in high school basketball, and having the post-game show has been a big, big help to all and those listening on a Saturday evening for those final scores, calling in final scores, mm-hmm. all those things that help us out on when that's going on. Much appreciated to everyone that helps with that. And Adam, thanks to, helped you, thanks to you for what you've done. Oh, a yeah. lot, buddy. Absolutely. And before we head to break, also shout out to the Purdue Fort Wayne women. Oh yeah, that's right. Absolutely, they clinched the number three seed for their tournament by uh, Wright State's loss to Oakland. So yesterday it was found that the women Dons will be number three seed at least. So. How about Maria? Twelve Absolutely and seven, fantastic. Twelve and seven in the league, I believe. Nineteen and eleven overall. And I don't think she has all her scholarship positions filled because she didn't find what she wanted. So she just didn't give it out to give it out. How about her yep. and what she's done? Fantastic. Proud of her and what she's accomplished. Again, Miley, uh, knowing Maria has gone back to Manchester University when she mm-hmm. was there, just starting her career. She has the it factor. Absolutely. And it's showing in. In, in the results, yeah, and the women will start with their quarterfinal since they do uh, since they were finished yep. in the top three. They'll be starting on Thursday of next week at uh, 7 p.m. at the Gate Center. All so Congrats to them, and we'll have more on that next week, I'm sure. Hey, stick it, stick around here. We're going to come back. We'll have Mr. Sam King. Yes, sir, Sam King from from uh, from the Journal and Cur- Courier and Courier. I was trying to look at my notes and my eyeglasses over here. But anyway, right after this on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. This is Maria Marcasano, head women's basketball coach at Purdue Fort Wayne. And you're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to The Sports Rush and a woman that we just talked about. Coach Marcasano leading us into the second Second interview of today. Going to talk a little bit of Boiler basketball. They have firm hold on the number one seed, probably for the Big Ten tourney. They take on Michigan State at Mackey Saturday. That game will be heard on WoWo 92.3 FM. Just the 92.3 FM side of the equation. Comments will have the 1190 side, but that's a 7 o'clock pregame. Tip at 8 there in Mackey, and then they finish up with Illinois and Wisconsin. And uh, those two games, those will be good tests for the Boilers. But here to talk to us about all that is Sam King from the Journal and Courier. Sam, it's been a another fine year for the Boilers. Uh, yeah, so far. And, and you just mentioned the, the three games left in the, the regular season. I can't imagine drawing up a better end-of-the-season schedule to, to really get you ready for 
what you're going to uh, to be uh, making for hopefully a long tournament path here in yeah. the next few weeks. Well, you know, that's kind of kind of kind of couple things we want to touch upon today one you know zach Eady, of course he's had an incredible career um leading scorer for the boilers uh you know the biggest thing for him what is the biggest thing you think for him heading into the tourney that he has to continue uh to you know do for the boilers averaging 23.7 a game right now but as they get into the the heat of things, what is it he's got to do or continue to do to make things happen for the Boilers? Well, he's just uh, mostly got to establish dominance in the paint. And some games you're going to have one-on-ones with him. Some games you're going to have two-on-one, three-on-one with him. And that opens things up for everyone else. But uh, he's just got to do what he's doing. Uh, You know, maybe defensively, the biggest thing for him is, and he's done a great job here the last two years of staying out of foul trouble so that mm-hmm. he's able to stay on the floor. And, Absolutely. Uh, teams, I've seen teams try to go at him and draw fouls against him, and he, he does, for the most part, a pretty good job of staying vertical and not uh, getting himself in trouble. And there were times, maybe more so last year, where I felt like he would just allow you to have a free layup um, rather than try to defend it and risk getting a foul because he realized it's more important me being on the floor than allowing the other team to have two points. Uh, I'll make those two points back on the other end. But he's done a lot better job this year, and uh, I think that you know, as long as he's doing what he can do, um, and everybody wants to point at the FDU loss last year, but that was no fault of his. That was He did his part, if you look at the, uh-huh. the box score. It was everybody else. Yeah. I think that's going to be fine just doing what he does, and that's, that's uh, all you need from him. Well, there's no question that he has a bullseye drawn on his body on either side of the court and uh, like you said i think he's done a, a good job in the defensive side of like you said staying vertical not picking up a cheap foul and the other thing that you pointed out the rebounding of this ball club you know they got like a plus 10 on the rebounds per game which eliminates those second chance points and those are huge that's huge when you yeah, can uh-huh. you eliminate that part of the game from teams Absolutely, and that's something here that uh, Purdue has only been out-rebounded once all season long, and it was at Rutgers that's been three or four weeks ago now, and uh, Gonzaga, I think, maybe had as many rebounds as Purdue early in the season, but since uh, it was a back-to-back games where Michigan had, I think, 14 offensive rebounds against Purdue at Mackey Arena, but Purdue ended up with more total rebounds, and then Rutgers out-rebounded Purdue uh, in a road game. Since then, Purdue has dominated every team that's played on the glass, and that's mm-hmm. been... Uh, that's been the difference uh, in some of these games. I really thought it was the difference at Michigan uh, last week where Michigan played one of its best games, if not its best game of the season, and it wasn't enough. Uh, you still come up Purdue being an eight-point winner, uh, dominating the board. So that's an area that uh, you're always going to have an advantage with Zach Eady, uh, but I think that you know probably some people that don't get uh, as much recognition are people like Mason Gillis, who gets a lot of... Uh, backside rebounds are just gritty, tough plays that uh, he'll wrestle a ball away from somebody. And then Braden Smith, who's probably all of five foot ten, five foot eleven, and a point guard. The way he attacks the glass is unlike anything I've ever seen for mm-hmm. a guy his size. And I think he's been a huge X factor in rebounding um, as much as he has with his passing and shooting ability. Yeah, he's playing a, a gritty t- style of game. And you know, the only thing that's really hampered Pertu on the year is turnovers. Now. 
that's that's probably been their biggest negative because everything on the offensive side of the stat line has been pretty, pretty impressive. When you look at Purdue, they're number one in scoring offense, eighth in defense, but number one in margin of victory. Now, is defense an issue? Uh, or is yes, that a misnomer to be saying that because the stats truly don't paint a great picture there, but the reality of it is <laughs> they've won a ton of games. Yeah, uh, I think when you look at the overall product, you, you take Purdue uh, on par with anybody in the country except maybe UConn and uh, maybe toss in a couple of other teams there. But uh, I, I would say defense has been good and not good. Um, they've been kind of up and down. There's been I've, I think I've yet to see a complete 40-minute defensive effort out of Purdue. And mm-hmm. maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe that's a good thing that there's still room to improve. And these guys... Uh, seem to realize we're not at our peak yet. Uh, we still got to get better at several different things, and sometimes you lose sight of that when you're a top five team in the country and you're you're winning every single game. It just you get comfortable, and I think that that you know what last year taught this team is you don't ever get comfortable because that's when you know the unthinkable happens. So this team has stayed pretty true to um, the, the work and trying to get better throughout the season and. The people who have given Purdue fits are teams that are shooting extremely high rate from three-point range, and in some of those cases, it's just guys hitting tough shots. When mm-hmm. Nebraska, it was just guys hitting shots with a hand in their face all night long. But and then it seems to be athletic guards that can kind of create for themselves. Uh, we saw that with Alabama, saw that with Northwestern, and a couple other instances where uh, just guys who can kind of uh, get to the basket, shoot threes, do all kinds of different things off the dribble. Um, seem to be guys that produce struggles with uh, limiting sometimes. Well, they went into Ohio State about three weeks ago, and that game was going to be against them from the start with everything that transpired that week in a rejuvenated Ohio State team. Yeah, you know, the the guard play, I've, I've, I'm the one that I've, I've said this before, I'm impressed with, you know, you got a youngster back there and, and Fletcher Lawyer. Who's not a, you know, let's face it, he's not a youngster anymore, but he's getting about 10 points a game, and he's an, a, at times an exceptional three point shooter. Uh, guard play, I think, has been as strong this year than it was last year. Yeah, I, I would, uh, the guards, you know, Fletcher and then also Braden Smith, their leap right. from being freshmen to being sophomores is tremendous. And I know that people here recently have kind of crapped on Fletcher Lawyer, and I've, you know, I don't want to say I'm a defender of him, but I, I understand why he's in the game. He's very basketball savvy. His dad, you know, obviously was a coach. His brother was a standout basketball player. Uh, he understands the game better than most, and he makes winning plays. And when his shots aren't going in, and he's probably known as being a three-point shooter more than anything, people start to think, why is this guy on the floor? Um, but, you know, as uh, Arizona's coach told me earlier this year, because I asked that question, what is it about these sophomore guards, and he said, you know, they win. That's their best attribute is you mm-hmm. take away the, the three-point shooting, whatever it is, they win a lot of games. And that's that's the one thing you can say about them and, and can't take away from them. So most sophomores averaging 10 points a game and, and somebody who had 27 against Tennessee and 27 against Arizona, you take that uh, in a heartbeat. And oh, yeah. It, it, Be careful like what you wish kind of, for, right? Yeah, people <laughs> seem to forget that, yeah, they're still sophomores. They're still going to make mistakes that uh, young players do. But 
I think so much is expected of them because of you know how much how many games they've started and played together at the college level that it's a little unfair when you look look back a little bit and say yeah these guys still have two years ahead of them. Yeah, no question. And you got to look at the product from a year ago where they're at to where they're at now. And to me, it's night and day with the uh, you know there's a there's a there's a positive or a can-do attitude that they're not as scared to stick their nose in. They're not afraid of some of the things maybe that got to them a year ago. Um, being challenged on the court, you know, rising up in those ca- cases with some mental toughness and fighting through things. But be careful what you wish for, Boiler fans, because you got the portal sitting out there, and there's probably about a few good teams out there would take him in a heartbeat uh, just because of the fact that he's a winner. Now, let's go crystal ball time here with the Purdue Boilers. And you got to, we're making the assumption they're going to be a number one seed coming out of the Big Ten tourney. Uh, where do they get placed? Do you think? I mean, where where do you think the Boilers are going to, you know, end up having the number one seed in the uh, in the countryside uh, country site? Yeah, uh, I I don't see a scenario where Purdue's not playing the first two rounds in Indianapolis and then. If you're fortunate enough to win two tournament games, go to Detroit. And that would be, I mean, you can't ask for a better path in terms of the fans that can travel to those places. Right. We saw last week at uh, Ann Arbor, which is not far from Detroit, uh, was a basically a Purdue home game at Michigan, which is the only time I've ever seen that at a Big Ten venue uh, where the, the road fans seem to be louder than the home fans. So uh, I think, you know, Purdue should, if it takes care of business and does what it, it's supposed to these last three games plus whatever happens in the Big Ten tournament, that won't factor a whole lot into where your seat is uh, because of how late the Big Ten tournament is. But uh, then Purdue should be in Indianapolis and, and go from there to Detroit, and that would be you know probably the most ideal situation anybody could ask for. Absolutely, and I don't see it not happening as well. But you never know what the NCAA committee might do. That's the problem. But, hey, Sam, I appreciate you coming on here today, joining us, giving some insight on the boilers. You take care and have a great weekend. All right. Sounds good. You too. Thanks. All right, buddy. Sam King from the Journal Courier over in West Lafayette, filling us in on the boilers as they head into the weekend, taking on the Sparty. Yeah. Right here on WoWo on Saturday night. Looking forward to that, absolutely. Now let's uh, let's hop into back into some NFL, shall we? We oh, mentioned we got during my updates, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before the show, but Caleb Williams was asked if he would feel disappointed if he didn't hear his name called by the Bears at the top of the draft. Or he said, no, not a thought in my mind. I don't care. I, I do think he, he thinks he's going to be the number one. Um but you are not sold oh, on no, one gonna Mr. Call me on the carpet. I'm going to put you out there as a non-Caleb Williams believer, my friend. I'm not a believer in the sense that I don't think he is a prototypical drop-back passer because he comes from an offense that's a little gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a big difference. I'm not saying he's not a capable NFL quarterback. But if I had to look at him and Jaden Daniels, the only negative against Jaden Daniels is size structure. But he comes from a typical pro dropback system, and he has escapability. So I look at him maybe being a better choice than Caleb Williams at the number one spot. But we shall see. That's just my two cents. <laughs> and if I get it right, maybe they'll hire me to be the fortune teller for the NFL draft. Maybe. Just maybe. 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 
Well, hey, I appreciate Sam coming on and for Mr. Adam Lundy putting me on the spot. Oh, hey, I have to, my friend. <laughs> hey, this but, is the sports rush. That's right, buddy. This is the first hour. We got it wrapped up. We're going to head for that second hour yeah. here shortly, right after this on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.